0: Welcome to another Books and Culture podcast with Books and Cultures editor, John Wilson. I'm Stan Guthrie. We're going to look at a book called Close Call by Stella Remington. We've visited her before more than once. This is the eighth book in her series featuring Liz Carlisle. Stella Remington was the first woman to head the British intelligence agency, MI5. And after she retired, she wrote an autobiography, and then she started this series of novels. I've mentioned to you before, Stan, that there are several reasons that I'm drawn to this series, even though the writing is workmanlike at best. On the back of some of her books. Some people will compare her, for instance, to John le Carré, Eric Ambler, and some others in the genre, and those comparisons are not really right, because those are people who have a significant prose style that distinguishes them, whereas Stella Remington doesn't, but she has something else that they don't have, because neither John le Carré nor Eric Ambler, who were just absolutely brilliant writers, had the experience that she has. And then also, she brings a woman's perspective to it. And as you and I have discussed, it's an odd feature of spy fiction that while there are some women writing it, there are, by and large, pretty few of them. That's not true, for instance, in crime fiction in general, where women have been prominent for a very long time but it is true in spy fiction. Whatever the reason, it's true that the perspective that Remington brings is valuable not only because she has this day-to-day experience, but also because she's seeing this familiar world of espionage from the point of view of a woman. And Liz Carlyle is not simply a copy of her, the author, but... In some ways, we can assume an affinity there, and the way she works her way up from one position to another and so on is in a way similar to what Stella Remington experienced herself. So can you give us a synopsis of Close Call? The book continues a trend that she's been developing. It's something that was not absent in any of the books, but in the last several books... She's given more and more emphasis to the way that the challenges that face an intelligence agency like MI5 are interconnected, so that in this case, there are arms dealers who are providing arms for Muslim terrorists. The arms dealers themselves have no ideological (laughs) stake in it. They're simply doing business. And... One question that arises in the book, when does even an arms dealer consider the consequences of what business he's doing? And at the same time, intersecting with that is a fellow in Britain who's been involved in trafficking drugs and also in sex traffic, but he gets the opportunity for a much bigger payoff if he gets involved in this scheme that involves bringing arms into written, and explosives for a planned terrorist action. At the same time, some of the action takes place in the Middle East and concerns a corrupt official in a Middle Eastern country who seems to be playing three different sides off each other. (laughs) And whereas a lot of books in this genre fall into always having to up the ante, the threat often assumes proportions that are almost like a James Bond movie yeah. where it's apocalyptic, you know, right. and everything has to be ramped up, it seems. Not, not all good novels do that by any means, but it's a threat. It's something that a lot of writers, it's as if to hold your attention, they feel that they constantly have to increase whatever the threat is. And one of the virtues of Stella Remington's books is that well, certainly bad things are <laughs> going to happen. They're on a human scale. Mm -hmm. And all of the books are like that. And we've talked about the way that the mundane concerns of a woman working in a largely male-dominated sphere are interwoven with these geopolitical (laughs) conflicts. There's a kind of groundedness in the books that you might say, well, you know, that's not why I read spy fiction. For instance, I enjoyed the Bourne series that Robert yeah. Ledlam did. And part of the reason that they're fun is precisely everything is heightened. But it's also nice to read something like this that has more of the texture of everyday life. And I think that that's a real gift and something that some people criticize Remington and dismiss her work. You have to realize that different writers have different strengths. And you certainly don't go to her books for sentences that stick in your mind. But I love the humanity of her books, and that's something that a lot of the razzle-dazzle thrillers don't have. Sounds like a good change-up. Yeah, it is. I would say to people who like this kind of book but haven't read her, give it a try, and you might find that you might say, no, you know, I prefer things more like The Bourne Ultimatum. (laughs) That's fine. That's a very fun book, but give this a try.